You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you so much, Charlie. You're an inspiration to me as well. So now I'll get into my story. I'll start from the beginning because that's what you do with a story. So uh, I grew up in a Christian home and I was always around Christian circles. My parents were very involved in ministry. My grandfather, we lived really close to him and he was a pastor. So a lot of my earliest memories are around the church. I remember like playing hide and go seek as a, as a little kid in, in the church and just seeing the friendly old ladies that wanted to talk to me. So I always, I always liked the church and it was somewhere where I wanted to be. And so I decided to become a Christian at a very young age in a very toddler way, actually. I was four years old, sitting, eating lunch with my mom, eating grilled cheese, so very toddler food. And I said, hey, mom, I want to be with Jesus forever. And she said, do you know what that looks like? And so I, I talked to her about it, and then we prayed about it. And that was the beginning of my story and this journey that I'm on today. And so I always was that kid that just wanted to tell everybody about Jesus. I was the, the kid in elementary and middle school that people looked at a little weird and they were like, is that Jesus kid? That was me and I was, I was unashamed about it. That was, that was easy when I was younger. And then when I got to middle school, it got to be a little bit harder. A large part of that was because when I was in elementary school, we had moved. My parents were doing inner city ministry. And so we moved into a different neighborhood and the people there, they didn't look like me. They didn't have similar backstories to me. So I felt a little different because I was the skinny little white kid and that wasn't what I was seeing around me. So I felt, I, I struggled with my identity. I know my identity is in Christ, but at the same time, I feel so alienated because Everyone else is different than me. I had this experience growing up that I was like, I just want to relate to people. I want to find ways to connect. And so as a way, I knew, hey, what's something that we have in common? I looked for that. And I was like, I know a bunch of these guys. They're, we have very different interests, but the thing we have in common is we both love sports. And so from a young age, I just talked about sports. And that became a thing that helped me form connections. And so when I was in middle school, I would, I would go and I would hang out with people that wouldn't want to talk to me otherwise. And I would talk to them about sports. And it was like, hey, I like this. And I, so I developed this dream. I was like, you know what? I'm pretty good at talking about sports. I want, to, I want to be the face of ESPN someday. I had that big dream in my head. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. And so I was really building up that idea. And I, I was doing that. And then I had a meeting with my counselor in eighth grade. And I was like, hey, I want to like fast track this dream. I want to graduate high school in three years. So I made that plan. And I was like, let's do this. And then the summer before my freshman year, something crazy happened. So I was being a stupid teenager. My brother was driving a golf cart and I was standing up on the back, which obviously wasn't a good idea. And so I'm standing up on the back and there's a tree branch, so naturally I duck. But when I ducked, I lost my balance. And I fell backwards and I hit my head against the pavement. And so I had suffered a traumatic brain injury and I had this concussion and I was in the hospital for four days because I had brain bleeds and blood clots and I had had a contact seizure. And so it was one of those things where the doctors were like, this type of brain injury, we don't know what recovery is gonna look like. Some people, they go back to normal real fast and other people, they don't really recover. And so it was one of those things that me and my family were very stressed about this. But because my family was so strong in their faith, 
they did what they knew to do. And so they prayed and they got people around the country who were friends of theirs to pray right alongside them. And so they did a second scan while I was in the hospital and they found that those, that those blood clots were gone. And that's one of those things where it's like, the doctors don't know how to explain that. And it's, it's a healing thing. And so that was an amazing God thing in my life. And I was able to leave the hospital after four days and I recovered way faster than anyone would understand. So I went to school a couple weeks later when school started and I started swimming again. And a couple weeks after that, when I was able to return to normal. And it was one of those things where it was like, hey, like God was telling me you need to slow down because that brain injury forced me to realize there's a lot of things that I couldn't do my, by myself in that time. And there was a lot of things that I was trying to do my, by myself that I didn't need to be doing. And I realized that God wanted me to slow my pace down and listen to him. And so I had this realization that was like, you know what, God's plan, I don't understand it, but he's doing something here. And so that was a big moment for me as a little freshman to understand. And I remembered it for a while. And then a couple months later, another bombshell hit. My parents, they told me, hey, we're moving. We're moving to rural Florida, which is the opposite of inner city Hartford, Connecticut. And I was just like, you're ruining my life. And I looked at them and I said that I was upset and I was not happy. I was like, I have friends here. I have school. I have sports. I have jobs. I have opportunities for my future. And I'm going to lose all that. Little did I know that by moving, I was able to step into new opportunities that would be even better for my future and my development. And so I ended up moving to rural Florida and I didn't like it. I hated it at first. And I was like, this is the worst thing ever. And, but God intervened. We started going to a church. The church that I started going to, the youth pastor happened to also be from Hartford, Connecticut. And he plugged me in and he started speaking over my life. And so he started connecting me with, I started helping out with children's church. And I started, I started helping with youth group, being an intern where he would eventually give me opportunities to speak and lead and plan stuff. And he would later help encourage me to go lead FCA at my high school. But before all that could happen, I was still super invested in the, talking sports is my crutch. It was like this thing that was like, I didn't, I like was thinking about sports. I, I was like, and it was like my escape. And so I started a podcast and I started a um, social media sports account. And I was like, I'm going to build my brand because I want to do my thing. I want to get it to the level where I'm the face of ESPN. That podcast is no longer available, so you don't need to go find it. Uh, I, I took it all down. But so my podcast, I remember I started out at the beginning. The intro said something like, my initials are NBA, but I'll never play there. I don't have the skills. But what I do have the skills for is covering it. And so I had a lot of confidence in myself, but I, I really was pouring a lot of time into that. And it was something that I, I was like, I'm I really want to do this. And then during my junior year of high school, as I was super involved with church and I started to feel more called towards that, I started feeling God speaking to my life. Hey, sports is something for you. That's supposed to be a connection point. You got interested in talking sports because you wanted to relate to people. You wanted to build connections and find ways to talk to people that are different than you and like, like speak into them and use that as a launching point for other stuff. And you've let it become an idol in your life. And so I had to wrestle with that. And so I decided to stop doing all the sports, like talk, media, all that. And I was like, okay, God, uh, cause I started to feel leading FCA at my school and speaking in 
youth group, I started to feel, hey, there's a call in your life to ministry. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? What does that look like? And I was like, God, if that's what I'm supposed to do, I need you to speak that into my life. I need you to show me. And so over the next few months, I had people who I knew and people who I didn't really know all just come up to me and talk to me or pray for me and just be like, listen, there's a call in your life to be a preacher, a teacher, and someone who's going to do ministry. And so I was like, okay, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do now. I mean, God, you answered. And so I was like, well, I guess that means I got to start looking at Christian schools. And so I was like, that's great because, I mean, I want to do ministry and this gives me an opportunity to keep swimming because a lot of these Christian schools are small. And so I, I happened to start looking at these schools and the summer before my senior year, it was a God thing. I was driving home from Detroit, visiting some family. And on a whim, we decided to come visit Asbury. And uh, I had a meeting with Coach Kaiser, who's no longer here, but great guy. And uh, meeting with him and meeting with admissions, I was like, this is a place that I wanna be at. Cause I just stepped on campus and it felt like home, an experience I know a lot of us have. And so I was like, all right, I'm gonna keep this in the back of my mind when I look at other schools. And so I started looking and I started thinking and I was like, what am I supposed to do? I've, I came back on a second visit uh, in the fall. I went on a recruiting trip that I met the guys on the team and I, I just saw Christ in them. There was just a lot of intentionality and uh, just authenticity. And I was just like, this is the kind of brotherhood I wanna be a part of. And so I was like, you know what? This is where I wanna go. And so my heart felt pretty set on it. And Asbury is an expensive place. And so I was looking at it and my parents looked at me and they said, if this is where you're supposed to be, then that, the financial aid will work out for that. And if it's not, God will lead you somewhere else and you'll see that. And so I prayed about it a lot and I did the scholarship competition and uh, the financial aid I needed came in and I was like, okay, cool. That's a yes, it's an answered prayer that I am supposed to be at Asbury. And so all these things led me here. And so I would say that this journey is something I never would have expected. I think younger me wouldn't have looked at myself and been like, okay, uh, you're going to be studying Christian ministry, but it's what God called me to. And I want to remind you guys that in my life, whether it be a head injury that forced me to slow down and really appreciate the place that I'm in and, the, and just learn how to stop and get help and rely on God in the struggle or moving to a place that you don't know and you think you're going to hate or choosing a major and foregoing a dream that you previously held to do something that God wants for you. Whatever this thing is in your life, God's plan is confusing. It's not expected, but it is so, so good. And so God chose me to do a certain thing and he has chosen you for a calling in your life as well. And so I just wanna encourage you to listen to what God has to say because y'all are all unique, special and designed by God. And you're gonna do some great things. Love y'all. My name's Sarah. I'm part of the Ignited class. Um, best class on campus, but I'm a little bit biased. Um, I'm an intercultural studies major with a business concentration, um, and I am RA of Second Front. Um, so just to start out, I want to preface all of this by saying I absolutely did not want to come to Asbury at all. <laughs> I had a deal with my parents to go to a Christian college for a year, and then we were going to kind of like 
reassess. And so coming into my freshman year, you can probably imagine that it wasn't great. I was pretty angry and anxious and self-conscious and was just struggling with a lot of identity and stuff like that. And so my poor parents had to put up with all of that. But I remember I felt like I couldn't act that way because I wanted to be so like accepted and loved and seen. So I had this mask of like, oh, like I'm really positive and happy and kind. Um, when on the inside, I was really just not that those things at all. Um, and so um, I also just kind of pretended to be a Christian because I grew up in a Christian household. So it was really easy for me to kind of just go through the motions and pretend like I had everything together. When in reality, I just didn't want anything to do with Jesus at all. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with that guy. He's weird. And so I remember a couple of weeks until fall semester, I was really struggling and just battling with like depression and anxiety and my identity and who I was as a person and like what I believed in. And I just like didn't want to be here at all. And I had a friend come up to me and she was like, hey, do you want to join an intramural soccer team? And I was like, sure. So I joined the intramural soccer team called Furious George. And that will be the first and last time I ever play soccer because I'm awful. Um, but I remember I showed up to the first practice and I met all of these people who were just so incredibly kind and loving and joyful. And that wasn't something that I understood. It wasn't something that I'd ever experienced either. The friends that I had in high school were not that way at all. And so I remember I was standing with this group of people and I was like, what the heck is this? Like, I don't know what's going on. And I knew deep down in my soul that that was something that I just really desperately longed for. I desperately longed for that friendship and for that sense of peace that they had when I was around them. And these people are also the kind of people who really just love Jesus and couldn't not talk about him. And it wasn't in a way that was like shoving the gospel down my throat or anything. It was just the kinds of people who really just loved him and couldn't not talk about him. And so I was curious. Um, and I remember I was like, I'm just gonna hang out with these people because they're really nice to me. And whether they liked it or not, I did. And so these people were vessels for Christ for me, whether they realized it or not. And so fast forward a couple weeks, the Holy Spirit had just been like really moving in my heart. And I was kind of just working through, like figuring out who I was as a person. And I ended up in a tiny practice room in the music building with 10 people maybe. And I remember I was sitting on the floor and we were singing the song Communion by Maverick City. And I remember Jesus was like, okay, Sarah, it's time for you to come home now. And I was like, okay, I'll come home. And I was like bawling. Um, but I remember in that moment, there was just a sense of peace that I had never experienced before or understood. and. I remember that I had, like, in that moment, viewed God as a friend more than anything else. I had never um, pictured God as a friend before. I had just had, like, a really messed up perception of him before. Um, but in that moment, he told me he was my friend. And so that same night, I went to a healing and prayer wham, and Jesus really worked in my heart in a really cool way. He healed me from a lot of the anxiety and depression that I was struggling with. He called me by name home. He forgave me for the mistakes that I made in high school that had kind of just like covered me in shame and guilt. And he helped me surrender a lot of my struggles as well as my identity over to him. And I still struggle with these things sometimes, 
but I know now that I can run to him in those moments of struggle. A few weeks later, the Lord gave me the call to missions, and I was like, what the heck? I have no idea what this means. Like, I have never been out of the country before. Like, no one in my life except for my grandparents have been missionaries, and I just, like, don't really know how to step into this. And he was like, it's okay, Sarah. I got you. You don't have to plan it all. And I was like, okay. And so... I think just like a verse that really stuck out to me through those seasons, that season that I was in, is Romans 8, 38 through 39. And it says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so when I realized that like, my sin and my shame and my guilt could not separate me from Jesus. I kind of started living into who he had called me to be. And I also understood that like my faith wasn't a performance. Like it was something that I really actively wanted to pursue and wanted to live into. And another verse that really stuck out to me in the season of growth and restoration and renewal is Philippians 3, 7 through 11. And it says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And that verse just really means a lot to me because I started to understand that like Jesus is better than anything else that the world could ever offer to me. And he's the only one who can fill that deep longing of um, being seen and being loved. And so once I knew that, I started to put my identity and worth in Jesus, and it was really great. And so fast forward to sophomore year, it was really hard but it was really good. I actually don't remember a lot of it. But I remember on February 8th, I was sitting at a WGM prayer meeting and we were just praying for campus and we were like, Jesus, this campus is so dark. Like we just need you in a new way. And I did not think that he would answer it in the way he did with the outpouring, but that was also really cool. Um, and I won't go into a whole lot of detail because a lot of us experienced it. But the main thing that I understood from this whole experience of the outpouring is that Jesus is bigger than we can ever imagine. And he's also a provider and he listens and he hears our prayers. And so Psalm 3119 says, Oh, how abundant is your goodness for which you have stored up for those who fear you and have worked for those who take refuge in you in the sight of children and mankind. And so in those places of the outpouring, I just learned a lot about like who I was in Jesus and who he is as well. And then in that space, he also called me to Kenya over the summer. And I was like, what the heck? I don't even really know where Kenya is. Like, I know it's in Africa, but I don't really know where it is. Um, and so it was crazy to see how the Lord just provided funds for me to go. It kind of happened. I was fully funded in less than a month, which was just amazing. But this summer I had the opportunity to go to Kenya and I worked at this place called the African Gospel Baby Center and I worked with babies who had been neglected or abandoned. And it was also really hard just to see these kids' stories and just kind of be like, Jesus, why would you let this happen? And in the midst of it, he would be like, no, Sarah, I'm making all of them new. Like we have a story for them now and they're able to know who Jesus is because of this space. And so in the place when I was in Kenya, I learned how to just completely rely on Jesus, because if it not wasn't for him, I don't think I would have made it. But I remember I just learned what it looks like to just live with open hands and be fully surrendered to who he was calling me to be. And so a verse that I held on to while I was there was Isaiah 43. And it says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. 
When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. And so this semester when I got back from Kenya, I was like, I got back two weeks before I had to be back on campus, and I was like, I don't even know how to like process any of this. And I don't, I don't know how to take what you have taught me, Jesus, into this space of being an RA and all of these leadership positions that I was stepping into. And I also didn't really understand why he called me to Kenya, but he's been so kind to me and loving and just helping me understand why. And so in this season of kind of just like figuring out where I am, He's been teaching me what it really looks like to fully surrender everything to him. And that just means being completely open-handed and just kind of giving him my dreams and my goals and my desires for this life as well as my fears. And just being like, Jesus, your will be done and you are glorified in all of it. And so I think kind of just to sum all of this up, there are three things. One, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing that we do, nothing that we say. He loves us regardless of anything. And once we know this, we can understand that Jesus is better than anything else that the world could ever offer. And then once we know this, we can place our identity in him and trust him with our lives. And so overall, I just encourage you guys to keep walking into who Jesus is calling you to be. It might not be easy, but it's super worth it. And I'll pray for you guys. Dear Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for each and every one of these people. Um, I pray that they will just be able to um, ground and root their identity in you, Jesus, and in your love, Lord. Um, I pray that you will just um, speak to them today and be with them as they go throughout their day. And in your, in your name I pray, amen.